Welcome to Cannabis School. I'm your host, Jesse Angelus. And I'm Brandon Elder. And we're here to talk to you about everything pertaining to cannabis, from vape, flower, edibles, strains, and everything in between. Oh, we're... <laughs> We're visiting with Dustin Hawksworth from Fat Nugs Magazine. Dustin, thank you so much for being here. We're very excited to have you on. Dude, let's get right into it. How did you come up with Nugs? What, what pushed you to that point where you're like, I'm going to release a publication about cannabis? That's a, a great question. So my history with the plant dates back to when I was born, basically. I have 22 family members that are either current or former military so as they were coming back from Vietnam, we had a ton of issues in my family, right? PTSD yeah. issues is uh, what we would refer to it now. We didn't know it was PTSD back then, but that's what we know it is now. So weed, let's call it what it was, um, was always consumed in my family, was always smoked in my family. So it was nice. always normalized. Yeah. So my earliest childhood memories are of my, my, my aunts and uncles and my dad and everybody just consuming. That's just what it was. I also lived with an indigenous stepfather for nine years in St. Louis, Missouri, um, and he was a consumer, and let's just say I saw a plant or two around the house. <laughs> uh, I ended up putting myself through college uh, by running pounds from Atlanta, Georgia, down to Georgia Southern University as well. So the plant has always sort of been in my life from my earliest childhood moments of seeing my, my family consume to putting myself through, uh, getting my education, putting myself through college. And then I became a daily smoker in 95, uh, or daily consumer in 95. So uh, again, it's been a long time uh, that I've been around this plant. I ended up after uh, school, after graduating college, surprisingly enough, um, and I actually <laughs> played uh, college volleyball as well. So even though I'm a daily consumer, I'm still extremely active. And it's one of the things that I like to focus on in this with this magazine is sort of punching people in the face with that term stoner and anybody that thinks there's a negative connotation to it, because I can tell you right now that I am a fucking stoner, but I graduated from college. I am extremely active. I played college sports. I am, um, you know, very creative, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I've done things in my life. So that's one of those things uh, with this magazine. That's very important to me. So anyway, after my, uh, after graduating college, I ended up doing 14 years in the corporate world, um, unfortunately, living that dual <laughs> life, yeah. you know, li living that dual life that a lot of us live. We put on our nice clothes during the day and so that we can, you know, come home and rip the bong at night and fucking be ourselves for once. You know, that's kind of how I lived for a very long time. And I think a lot of us do. I think a lot of us that have been around cannabis most of our lives or since our childhood or teenage years we realized that we're probably going to have to get like normal jobs and not be able to smoke, you know, all the time or at all, or we'll have to go through drug tests and all that kind of shit. So yeah, I experienced all that stuff over 14 years. I did fail a drug test. I've, I've passed drug tests, all kinds of stuff. The corporate world was definitely not for me, even though I had to do it. I also learned a lot of stuff. I focused on um, CX customer data, consumer insights, that kind of stuff. So customer experience. Um, I ran a lot of really big programs for companies like Apple, Abercrombie & Fitch, Home Depot, Lowe's, CenturyLink, and the list goes on and on, dude. I finally got shit canned for the last time in 2018 from my last real job, right? And <clears throat> I ended up going into the film industry. My 
here in Atlanta, the film industry is huge. Yeah, uh, you you did like the banker and what women want. Yeah, um, uh, what women want, banker, Godzilla vs Kong. Dude, um, oh, that's cool. We did a lot of I did a lot of cool stuff over the four years that I was there. I am very very lucky and extremely privileged to have my best friend as one of the greatest filmmakers in the world. So um, I I owe a big gratitude of debt to him uh, for taking care of me for four years, basically is what he did was kind of show me the ins and outs of what he does and, and the things that are important within the industry and, and being a part of uh, the film union and all of that kind of stuff. It was a really cool place to be because I was surrounded by a bunch of really fucking creative people on a daily basis. It was rad oh, to be man. in that, uh, in those settings with a lot of people that just created things from scratch all day long. So what that did was really kind of cement a lot of the creative things that I've always done in my life. It really cemented it in place. And it told me that I need to make sure that I'm being creative on a daily basis. Um, I've written yeah. and released three albums on my own. I've played in bands. I do some painting, blah, blah, blah. So I'm always looking for some sort of creative outlet. Creative yeah. dump is what I like to call it. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, what the hell do I do now? So I thought <laughs> to myself, well, I've been around the plant my entire life. Um, I consume this fucking thing. I know a lot about the plant. I have grown in my life. There's nothing that I haven't done, touched, talked about, discussed, consumed when it comes to the plant period throughout my entire life. So I said, um, why don't I take my knowledge into the legal side instead of always having my toes dipped into the legacy or traditional side of things? And I thought it was kind of a perfect time to do it. So really over the past, I guess it's about nine months now, eight or nine months, um, you know, after I'd been in the industry for a little while, I started to want to, to build up this, uh, this network and in, in connecting. And LinkedIn is a huge part of that, right? Um, LinkedIn is the number one platform that I know of uh, that allows cannabis to exist in its purest form. We can talk about smoking. We can show smoking. We can, you know, whatever we got to do. We can, soak, we can show consumption. We can talk about all the things that cannabis can do. So it was a really important thing for me to realize that LinkedIn was going to be key to me building this magazine, because that's where a lot of the decision makers live. That's where a lot of the sort of influencers, I hate to use that word, um, in the industry live. And I don't mean that by just an influencer. I mean, people that have been around this plant for a long time that are part of this culture that have been a part of this culture that have been respectful to the people that got us here maybe you're one of the people that got us here you know some of these people actually live on linkedin that's where they operate so i had to use linkedin first and foremost um, and when i did that it helped me to develop my voice even more so in the industry itself so about eight or nine months ago I started looking for a new creative dump. I'm stoned sitting on my couch at night, just like most of us are, you know, watching a T, you know, watching TV, wasting time, whatever it is I'm doing, playing with my fucking cat. And I just started to create these covers, so to speak. Yeah. And it was a way for me to really communicate on a larger scale to, in my, to my wider network, to all of my connections at once, because 
one, it allowed me to be creative as hell. I could just put a bunch mm-hmm. of cool cannabis stuff on a cover and start to create maybe some titles of things, of articles that I would want to talk about. And I released it on a Friday and it just got huge, a huge response. And I was like, what? I was not expecting this. This was this kind of cool, you know? That was cool. Um, and the response to it was so big that I couldn't catch up to the DMs and on LinkedIn. I was like, holy shit, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? And people were asking me, how do I get this? Where do I read these articles? This is fucking dope as hell. All of that kind of, can you send yeah. me the magazine? And I'm like, wait, this doesn't exist. You this have is some not cool real art. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. No, and I, and I had to tell people when I first started this, I was like, this isn't real. This isn't a magazine. This is just a creative dump, a creative outlet for me. And so I realized after about the third Friday, I call it um, uh, Fat Nugs Friday. I've been, I started, I was like, okay, that was cool. So I'm going to do it again on next Friday. Friday came, posted another one, blew up again. Next Friday came, posted, posted another one. And it got such a large response that I had a couple of cannabis media companies approach me. No shit. And they were like, we would like to possibly talk to you about bringing this in house. And I was like, bringing what in house? This doesn't <laughs> fucking exist. Yeah. You realize right. that this is, this is not a real magazine yet. Now, this is only the third week that I had, you know, posted something about it. So people so weren't cool. really familiar with what it was yet. And through some conversations, um, I ended up realizing very quickly that I needed to make this thing be real because it fills an enormous gap that we have in this industry. Yeah. And that enormous gap is something that people were telling me about. And it was really something I hadn't realized. It's, we don't have a, or I, and I, please excuse me, I don't mean to bash or um, belittle anyone's work in this industry at all. I would never do that. But from what I have been told, a lot of people believe and feel that they don't have a voice in this industry, that the culture side of things, small farmers, equity applicants, mom and pop shops, women-owned businesses, legacy and traditional-owned businesses, they don't have a voice in this industry. A lot of it is run by very large companies and people that can donate to politicians to control the game, right? I think we all know that. So I said, okay, well, this is perfect because my grandparents owned a farm. I came from a military family background. I've always been fucking poor. I've always been around this planet. <laughs> like, this is my community, right? This is my right. fucking community. These are the people that I, I connect with, I smoke with, I hike with, I play sports with. These, this is my community. So I said, okay, let's do this. And started to build the magazine from scratch right then and there. So it took me probably from the time that I first posted something and I could be totally wrong. I think this was back in late March, early April, the very first real uh, digital publication of fat nugs magazine was released on May 6th. So that's how quickly it came about. That's how it came about. Now the name itself, it's sort of our, our, our stoner vernacular, right? It's Mm -hmm. that's a fat sack. Those are fat joints. That's a fat fat bud. Those are fat (laughs) nugs. That's a fat blunt, you know? So it just kind of came naturally. There is actual, there's a, there's a magazine called nugs. 
I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's not a magazine called Fat Nugs. I well, there is. That. There so is now. There is. is. Exactly. <laughs> there is now. So that's basically how it came about, guys. And, um, you know, some of the things that we really focus on, obviously, what I said before, as much of the culture as possible and uplifting people's voices and businesses that uh, are doing really good things in this industry and for people. And they're focused on education and science and understanding and all of that kind of stuff. So it's trying to spread uplifting, positive messages about the plant, the people that are in this culture, and really taking cannabis and stoner culture to the rest of the world and being that bridge and having people understand that even if you're not um, in the know or understand cannabis and stoner culture or what the fuck that is, when you read what is in this magazine and the things that we release, even though they might be a little educational or scientific, there's always a personal spin to those things. It's a way that we connect. How do you connect with people with cannabis on a personal level? It's not science and education, and I'm sorry to, to tell people that, but I, you can talk science and education to your next door neighbor to your blue in the fucking face. But until you say, my mom was here yesterday, she's 75 and smoked a joint because she has back pain, they don't, no one really gives a shit. You mm-hmm. have to be able to, to connect with people on a personal level. You really do. Storytelling is huge. You have to have those elements when you are releasing content in cannabis, in my view, because that's how we bring people in. That's how we wind over hearts and minds, all of that positive stuff. So those are the things we focus on. And we do that be, by being a global perspective of cannabis culture. We have writers from all over the world, Kenya, Ireland, Scotland, Bermuda, Spain, Canada, He's naming India. out the list of all of our where our listeners are at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you like go. That's awesome. our demographic of listeners is. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you know, we 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 do our best to be as inclusive as possible. We have LGBTQ yeah. plus writers, um, black, white, red, pink, whatever fucking color you can pick. We are a part of that. Um, and we like to have it that way, and we like to uplift the voices that really we believe. Um, people should be hearing in this space. Yeah, you know, when you when you talk about exactly what this, the voice of the cannabis community, one of the things that is done so much for those people that are like sitting right on the fence. I mean, we, we create our content 100% for consumers of cannabis, not the many other ones out there. I mean, hey, I like being a stoner, but I am a functional stoner just like you. Like I get shit done. I'm a creative. I, I mean, just like when you're talking about creative dumps, I've got to have constant just stimulation because if i stay still i I literally start getting depressed because i have (laughs) nothing to i'm like i i I can create something right now yeah when you when you are talking about being able to be the publication for the cannabis community it goes those for the consumers because those new people getting involved the sometimes that you know, that part of their mind where they're just like, "Ah, I know, but society, you know, the war on drugs, we just had this interview yesterday with this awesome uh, professional retired rugby player, this woman out of, uh, she lives, she lives in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, Yeah, she was from the Northeast. And I mean, just, dude, like, breaking down those barriers, like, I mean, she was a professional athlete using cannabis on the regular. And it's so cool. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary to be able to do that these days, right? You have to be able to break down barriers, even though, and I know a lot of people that have been 
smoking weed for a long time sort of oh. hate to have these conversations because yeah. it feels so uncool right but <laughs> to have an ability to bring people in to the plant welcome them here make them feel comfortable you know break down stigmas or doors or anything else or any mm -hmm. hurdles or anything else that's in the way of people just understanding that the plant is just a it's just a fucking plant it's right. just like a, a it's just like broccoli it's just like a tomato it's just like anything you can grow it's not going to kill you um it, it's never killed anyone yeah. unless a big plant falls on you and you die out I, in the cold there was the first <clears throat> pardon me there was the first death from cannabis that and it's <laughs> hang on let me finish this because when i read it i was like the hell that's not a thing but it was from a lady in a joint rolling company and there was so much keef in the air that oh, yeah. the masks or whatever like it coated her lungs and she yeah. died from like basically being suffocated but not from but that could have any been like normal, sawdust yeah, or any other shit like, like that, anything right? that wasn't yeah. taken out that of the air been... well enough that should be regulated by the business it's but the first like actual death from cannabis but it's not like you're no not it's not from consumption no, no no right so and and that's the worry that's the fear mm -hmm. that's the um the fear mongering that it's that's oh, that's the reefer madness part of this is if right. you right. consume it oh my god you turn into whatever but i think we're i think for the most part most of our country and a lot of the world you know as individual people we understand again for the most part right the plant is not harmful yeah. smoking weed right. isn't going to kill you it's not going to turn you into anything stupid it's not going to you know it we mostly understand that it becomes this group thing when it's used in political ways or when it's used basically in political and in um i guess law enforcement circles right it, that's when it's used the most to sort of manipulate and mind fuck people but it's so, only on the story that's being told because behind the closed doors there's tons of those officials and police oh, officers who are using cannabis dude. all the fucking time and it's i like, know those people firsthand yeah. i know cops firsthand who do blow who smoke weed who get fucking wasted and bust people for doing the same exact thing that they do so i know the I have family <laughs> that, you know, are sort of in that law enforcement realm that, you know, say some stupid shit. And I think we all know that judges, lawyers, doctors, and everyone else that you can think of down to the guy who's, you know, cutting lawns and digging holes and ditches on the side of the road. We're all cannabis consumers, period. Cannabis culture welcomes us all, but yeah. we we need people to be willing to, um, I guess, step up and scream it a little louder. Because even though, again, it's not always that cool, you know, for people like us who have been consuming the plant for a long time. I, I'm assuming, by the way, um, that at least a week or not two. Always, yeah, a, a couple of days. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's not always fun or cool to have those conversations, but they are fucking necessary. You know, it, yeah. we have to be able to remind people that, you know, your next door neighbor who is a judge just got through rolling me a big fatty. So yeah. I mean, it's important. Well, well, 
even my mom. Um, so we had a conversation over Sunday dinner the other day, and it started by my brother and sister going, hey, um, you know, their dog's like eight and she's getting seizures. And I just was like, you know, you should give her CBD because high dose CBD is actually one of the biggest things that helps with epileptic, epileptic mm -hmm. seizures. And she was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, every, and my brother's like, dogs can take CBD. And I'm like, every single mammal has an endocannabinoid system. That means that every single mammal has that system that helps their body return to homeostasis. And if they're stressed or depressed or have this pain in there that's hurting that, they're not going to return to that. And so yep. if you can give you them CBD, yep. yeah, if you can give them that CBD, it can help with these epileptic seizures. And they were like, what? That's crazy. And so I sent, and out of that conversation, my mom was like, well, one of the, this family friend that we have, her son can't work. He has so many epileptic seizures that the medications and side effects, he can't work. And she was like, can you send me um, something on this? And I'm like, yeah. I pulled it up in like two seconds. It's produced by the Epilepsy Foundation going into how CBD helps. I yeah. sent it over and I'm like, if they have questions, let me know. And it's as simple as like a basic conversation. Yep. It's not hard. No. And it's not hard to find the documentation you need these days. We have mm -hmm. 30 to 40,000 documented, documented studies, articles or studies. Correct. In the last 20, 30 years alone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's been one of the most studied things um, that we consume these days. So yeah. yeah, it's it's not hard to have those really simple conversations. Um, it's always nice when you can put a personal face to face. This is my experience with it. Here is an article that will tell you about it. Yeah, it's um it's a, it's important that we have those conversations these days. Speaking of CBD. Um, I consume CBD on a daily basis as well. It's helped me uh, tremendously in my life. It's taken, uh, so I was on, oh my goodness, I was on, uh, let's see, Xanax for probably 10 plus years. Um, and the moment, well, within about, I would say about four to six weeks of me taking a, an extremely high quality um, broad spectrum CBD, CBG, CBN product that I take every day. I came off of Xanax immediately, which is something you're not supposed to do at all because it can cause seizures and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, so anecdotally CBD has, uh, CBD has really, you know, changed my life as well. That's fantastic. It really, it really does. I take it several times a day for the inflammation and the pain in my back, because while THC is a great pain management system, like it yep. still doesn't hit those sharp pains and that that I have in the middle of my back. And so yep. using CBD multiple times a day, it allows me to still like hit both sides or multiple yep. sides of that pain, help me function on a much better level. Yeah, you just explained why it's so important to consume full spectrum product, right? So, mm -hmm. or or even uh, a cultivar like uh, Harlequin, where it's a one to one. So, mm -hmm. you know, and and that way, I wouldn't have to always, you know, uh, mix my CBD and and regular weed together, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's important, I think, for people to realize that CBD and other minor cannabinoids are just as important to consume and to, to consume them on a regular basis, you're, 
constantly feeding your ECS to keep you from being sick and to feeling off or to have back pains or any of that kind of stuff. It's important to get on a regimen. People need to be using it on a daily basis, consuming it on a daily basis. Yeah. Almost as like, I mean, I, I think about it a little bit more now, like we talked about it all the time. If you get your stomach hurts or you get a headache or you got some random pain, like just come out of nowhere, achiness, you smoke the plant, it goes away. It's so yep. incredible. And when you start getting, I mean, just like you, you know, your entire life, you've tried so many different strains. And I know the idea is that, you know, strains are kind of bullshit, but at the same time, it's a way for us to identify certain things to us as individuals going, because as much as we would like it to be just like, yeah, it's awesome. It's a great plant. We're going back in time now. Now with all these different strains, we actually start thinking about the terpenes and, and what are the cannabinoids in each one that really start to be able to create what you're looking for. So it's not necessarily um, one way or the other with this. When people say that strains or varieties or cultivars, the names, they don't necessarily mean anything. Um, It's a yes and a no. And it depends on what it is that you're referring to, what you're talking about, all of that kind of stuff. But the most important, this is what I usually tell people, regardless of the name that you have on your back, or your bottle or your jar or whatever you're uh, consuming that day. You, you need to know, or what is great to know is the actual profile, the cannabinoid and terpene profile. And then the way, because you know one person's MAC may be completely different than another person's MAC on that cannabinoid and terpene profile scale, right? Mm-hmm. So that MAC, this person's MAC could uh, completely put you to sleep. And this one could, you know, make you stay up all night doing whatever it is you need to do. So yeah. it's all about the profile, the names. Yes. They don't mean necessarily everything that we wish they did. Right. So at the same time, they do mean some things. So, you know, it's a complicated thing every once in a while, the way that we talk about the plant or the, refer to the plant. But I think overall, as long as we all kind of know that, um, we're all talking about sort of the same thing, which is the cannabinoid and terpene profile. That's basically what it comes down to. No matter what strain, variety, or cultivar you're, you're consuming, it's that profile that's going to make you as a person feel a particular way. And if you know what that profile is, you can start to hone in on those particular varieties that tend to lean that way, right? Yep. And then you can hone in on those and really get your profile that you're looking for over and over again. So um, find the cultivar that matches what it is you're looking for. Cause like you said, from cultivar to cultivar, it's not necessarily the same. It's very similar, but you might have different terpenes or cannabinoids that are present yep. just depending yep. on the grow. So and it, it's yeah, like it, looking at the medicine part too. I mean, it, is it's a medicine. Wouldn't it be wonderful for most people who consider like, Western medicine pills, all those things like that's what I have to take because that's what I've been told for years. But where you can match each of these, I mean, just like you're talking, the full profile of the plant can be able to match your ECS and figuring that out along along the way. It's it's like it's designer pharmaceuticals, if you will. Yep. Yeah, and and which the pharmaceutical company fucking hates because you can actually grow your own medicine in your house to the exact specifications if you're if you know what what that is. You can, you can grow it that way. Um, it's, it's a really cool thing to be a part of and to see this plant kind of develop and grow 
as much as it has over the past few years, I guess, since it became um, what is about 2014. I think Colorado was um, the, the, the full legalization, buddy. Come on, get off my probably. Sorry, <laughs> no, you guys. that's You're awesome. Good. No, it's all good. The cat, <laughs> my cat in the other room, so <laughs> my cat will stay in front of the camera if, if, if all day, all oh, day, that's dude. Funny. Constantly intention horror. Like, oh. yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> awesome. Sorry about that. No worries. So um yeah. <laughs> how have you how have you seen like cannabis use change then over the years? Because with how long you've been using cannabis since I mean, I think you had said your first use was around nine, ten years old with the very first time you were handed a joint. Yeah. So the I think the first time that I really smoked was probably 12 years old. The first time that I was handed a joint as a kid, and, and my brother is six years older than I am. So of course, when he's in high school, he would have parties. I can remember uh, this particular instance, I was getting passed up the stairs. My parents were out of town. I was getting passed up the stairs along with my buddy. We had just come home from the skating rink, you know, back in St. Louis, we did the whole skating rink thing. Oh, yeah. And, um, it was days. so crowded as they're passing me up the stairs. They're like, here, kid, hit this, you know? And I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? I don't think I ever really smoked it at nine years old, but I know at 12 years old, I did. Um, whether it did anything to me, I don't think so. But that's sort of how weed works, right? The when you first, first start to smoke, you're like, I don't know if I'm high. I don't know if this does anything. And sometimes it doesn't do anything. And it takes your ECS a minute to kind of, kick in you know sometimes yeah. you need it two or three times for your ecs to realize oh okay this is the fuel that i'm supposed to be using and then so you get that those feelings and and get the medicated part that you're supposed to get so i have seen the different ways that people consume or i guess the the view on consumption change since being a little kid um really kind of in a few different ways and some weird ways that I never thought I would. So when I was young, it was very normal, right? It was everywhere for me. It was not, it was not, yeah, it was not a problem because of my family, my, you know, my, my military background family um, and being sort of, I guess, poorer um, in St. Louis, the city that, you know, we were just smokers. That's what we did. Not, I say we, not me. I was a kid, but it, my family. Um, so it was always normalized and kind of not a big deal. Then as you get into the high school years, you're fed the, you know, dare bullshit and all mm -hmm. of that stuff. So yeah. obviously the, the look on consumption is a lot different from the time I was up until I was 11 years old. And then from 11 to 16, it was like, oh my God, it's the devil's lettuce, right? That's kind of <laughs> when they start pumping you full of that shit, or at least it, that's when I realized it. And maybe it was because I moved from St. Louis down to Atlanta, Georgia, and maybe that was sort of much more of the focus here uh, in the deeper South, um, was that D.A.R.E. program and all of that crap. Yeah. Um, same here in but, Utah, very much pushing even into oh, yes. the 90s. Yeah. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no doubt. Um, in Utah, I'm surprised you guys can do anything in Utah. 
You know, they have shackles around our legs. You just can't see them right now. Dude, it's, you know what? It's, it's, it's a big surprise for most people when they come here. They're like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Just yeah. It's, a bunch yeah, of not everybody is and... wearing bonnets and blue dresses. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, Mine's yeah, in the I, closet. That's like yeah. weekend attire. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, um, and it, dude, it, it, it's not much different than the South here. There are people think when you come here, it's, you know, the KKK is running around still. I, I still get those right. kind of like y'all are still half ass backwards, buck teeth or no teeth kind of like, no, we're all from some Atlanta is, is uh, sort of the New York of the South. It, that it's where the, it's the melting pot of melting pot of the South. You know, everybody is from everywhere. So anyway, um, I saw it, you know, normalized as a very, uh, young child and then in high school it kind of went away until I was about 16 or 17 years old and of course you're sneaking around with your friends and stuff but it's still very much quiet you don't know if your parents are smoking you don't know if your parents friends are smoking for the most part you know what I mean so it was yeah. hidden and then of course in college in the 90s um, I went to school in, in, in 93 that's when it really blew up where we had much more of the cultures in your face with hip hop coming on board and Snoop Dogg and yeah. um, uh, you know we we had um, Tupac, oh, Dr. Yeah, Dre, Tupac. all of them were I mean, talking it, about like smoking Biggie. weed. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wu Tang, you know, mm -hmm. so <laughs> Outcast, and you, so you had hip hop sort of really push the culture forward in the '90s, I believe, and that kind of made this the snowball start. I, I think is how it really began in the nineties. I think hip hop kind of pushed us forward um, as far as consumption and, and normalizing it more and more. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of went, so really it kind of went from our farmers to our hippie culture to, um, you know, more or less hip hop culture. And, and, and that pushed us forward. And really since the two thousands, I think you've seen a, a really large concerted effort from a lot of different, you know, special groups um, to help cannabis, you know, further help push it into society and norms of consumption. So, um, you know, the, it's been a roller coaster, so to speak, uh, as far as the, the differences from really from decade to decade when it comes to consumption. And, and um, it's, it's, we're now in a place where I see you know, super conservative people here in this state where it's not legal, by the way, we don't have legal cannabis in Georgia. It is decriminalized in the city where I live, Atlanta. Um, but we have extremely conservative people who are consuming. They do it much more discreetly. Um, wouldn't be one to sit here and smoke a joint with me, right? Like I have yeah. been with you all, but they would be one that maybe after their work, they go to the kitchen, they grab their gummy, or they grab their right. mm -hmm. their their beverage or yeah. their, their beverage enhancer or whatever. And it's one of those things. And that's another thing. It's my consumption, the modal the modalities over the last few years have changed significantly for me. So even though I smoke a lot still, I'm now at a place where I I have access to um, water soluble. THC drops basically. Mm -hmm. um, and really it's more of a full spectrum product than that, but that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm able to make any drink water 
tea, liquor, beer. I don't give a shit what into it is. Into an infused. Dude. Into an infused, exactly. Into an infused cannabis drink, excuse me, which is, it's sort of game changing because I don't necessarily need to walk around or take a break from whatever I'm doing to go smoke somewhere. If in fact I have to do that, if I'm in a place where I can't consume, yeah, I, I just have a very discreet bottle where I'm like, okay, all oh, you guys are out here drinking. I don't really want any liquor today. So I'm going to have this water and I'm going to infuse it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it changes the game a little bit. And so my modalities have changed a little bit. You know, I'm always still a smoker. So bong rips and joints and stuff like that kind of please my heart. It's hard uh, not to love that method of like combustion and flour. Like, I agree. It's it's hard to be. It's the cleanest flavor, man. I mean, it's yeah. uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time, you know, like if you if you puff on carts regularly and there's a ceiling you hit. Yeah. You just can't go past it. It's like, nope, it's like a little governor on your engine going. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's close, but not all the way. It, it's to maintain, right? right. It's to maintain yeah. travel and, and it's it, it's for the convenience of it. So exactly. if you're sitting at a bar or whatever, you can rip your fucking pen and no one gives a shit. You sure as hell can't light up a joint, but no one really cares if you have a pen. They don't <laughs> know if it's what it is yeah. anyway. You know, yeah. it, They don't know if it's uh, tobacco or THC or whatever the hell it is. So um that's more of what pens do for me or where cartridges do for me Same. i tend to not i don't have a single cartridge i haven't had a cartridge in probably six months in in this house that's awesome so uh most of mostly what i do is 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 consume flour period and then i have my drops for my drinks that's kind of what i do yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What's the what's the name of the product and where do you you mean you get it over there locally or no. So I have a buddy. Let's just say that. Um, cool. He is, uh, we, you might know him. You might be connected to him. His name's Blake Bila. He is on LinkedIn. Quick Liquids is the company that is with. They make quick drops. I met him in person for the first time. So I've been connected to him for probably about a year or so, maybe a little more. I met him for the first time at MJ Biz. Super fucking rad dude. Really supportive. You said really nice. Blake, what? Villa, V-I-L-L-A. Okay, I'm going to save that for later. Cool. Um, very cool dude. And we are currently working with him to figure out um, some, some possible business opportunities with his product because it's fucking badass, you guys. It kicks in, and, it, and I mean kicks in within like 10 minutes or so. That's been, yeah. That's fast. It's, it's not like, it's not a regular cannabis beverage it's where you're waiting 20 30 do you know the minutes. dosing is it per like is it in a like a 30 milliliter dropper bottle or is so it... it's in it here i'll grab the container okay. for you real quick or is it more like a powder yeah i've seen no it's a it's a liquid okay i was like i've seen some really cool um sugars and that i've actually made infused sugar before yeah um, and that's really oh, yeah, easy to do. And in... I, I actually have a thing of infused sugar at this point. Um, so what it is, is this water soluble, um, they have the tech that makes this stuff. Um, and when I say water soluble, I mean it, I mean, you can stir it into anything. It's fantastic. Awesome. And it's, this is the bottle itself. Oh yeah. That's not that big. 
So no, it's about a two, yeah, it's cool. about two ounces or so. Okay. And, and the dropper itself, you can control the amount of drops. It's, you know, a kind oh. of a built in dropper. It's, there's a thousand milligrams of THC in this little tiny bottle, a thousand. That's fantastic. So how so many does it break down one, per drop? One drop is one milligram. Oh, okay. Dude, so that's fantastic. It's it's phenomenal. It's perfect one for of the, microdosing too for people who dude, want to get like exact dosing. Dude, it's perfect for medication, yes. like medical application. Oh, it's yeah. perfect for people in the hospital. It's perfect for people in uh, an, an old folks home or whatever you call those things these days. I'm sorry if that's assisted living centers. I have assisted no idea. living. Yep, absolutely. Um, it this is something you can take with you anywhere have in anything it's and like i said it kicks in within 10 to 15 minutes at the most dude That's and it nuts. is and it's strong so <laughs> um i i've been sort of dosing myself so to speak for the past since i've had it for the past couple of weeks to really get a gauge on the product test the product out make yeah. sure it's exactly what i want it to be and what it should be and what it says it is mm -hmm. and it is man it's um it's pretty badass i'm i've been impressed with it to be honest with you and then that's fantastic we'll have that in the show notes we'll put that link for that awesome have you ever have y'all ever seen the heavy hitters tincture no no what is that so that's this is a thousand milligram tincture it looks like liquor okay um, and it's really really good i know you can't see um inside the bottle or anything but it looks it's like just a like liquor a liquor bottle, bottle. it's it's <laughs> dude, phenomenal. that looks so kick-ass dude it smells amazing it tastes amazing it has like a citrusy earthy flavor huh. to oh, it oh wow to send us the link we'll throw that dude, it's dope so heavy hitters is what it's called they're on oh they're on yeah, they're, they're everywhere mm -hmm. they're everywhere they're on yep. linkedin they're on instagram they're all they're all over the place they've been around for a minute um from what i've been told so uh, Blake was nice enough to, I've been looking for a heavy hitters bottle for a while. Blake was nice enough to, to give me one as well. So that was really cool of him. But, um, from what I've been told, because California is changing some of their laws for the new year, this will no longer be available. Um, I'm not quite sure why. I don't know if it's because of the amount of THC, the thousand milligrams or whatever the, in, in, in such a sized bottle or whatever the case may be. I don't know what it is what those new regs are that are making this particular, this specific bottle, I believe, go away. Um, but that's what I've been told. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I've been told. So if you yeah. can get your hands on a heavy hitters bottle. Get it, it as now. soon as possible. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. Yep. That, yep. Those are, okay, so now we got to So what's some of the coolest things that you've seen lately within not only just the products, but in maybe even the cultivar area? Hmm. So those are great questions. That's, that, that's a great question. And, um, I have a couple of answers actually. So that's really cool. cool. Um, Shango, I went to Shango in Phoenix. Um, if you aren't familiar with Shango, they are a, uh, fully integrated company. Um, they would be an MSO really. Uh, they have operations in five States, I believe. Um, they are growing some things that I've never in my life thought were possible. Um, the smell, the nose on some of the cultivars that they are currently growing, um, insane papaya, no, not insane papaya, insane plantain. 
Oh. I stuck I stuck my head in a bag, a five pound bag of this stuff to get a good whiff of it when I was there. Mm-hmm. And I've never smelled something that made my mouth water like that. Mm. And it was this really earthy, edible. Uh, it made me want to like pick it up and eat it. Kind of, it wasn't really oh, citrusy. Yeah. It's hard to put my it's hard to put the words to what I was experiencing. But that I think it's called insane plantain. Um, they also have something called modified banana, which I had never seen before, um, which was really cool. Um, extremely flavorful, really bright notes. Um, Does it smell citrus- a lot like bananas? Not necessarily. Again, it's more of that earthy. I have this earthy thing stuck in my head since I went there. Last, was it last week or the week before? So. Um, hmm. It not necessarily, well, I tell you what did smell like banana. So I lie. Oh, they were, they were making uh live rosin. With it. What? They were making live rosin with it. And it sounds I was, delicious. I was oh, like, holy, it was so terps, concentrated. Huh? Yeah. Oh dude. The Terps were so concentrated. It was sick. So um, those are a couple of cool cultivars that I've run into. And I'm actually smoking one along with this Georgia pie uh, that came from them called um sour garlic cookies and again it was i keep and i think that's where this a line within gmo somehow i honestly don't know exactly the lineage of it to be honest with you that would be one for uh daniel crawford to answer um i don't know if you know who daniel crawford is so no um he's one of the three good buds so i also run a company or own a company called three good buds i'm the ceo of uh daniel crawford is the coo um, and Aaron Weiss is the CMO. And uh, that's what we were doing in Phoenix was we went down there as a company to tour Shango and, you know, talk business and stuff like that. So that's wow. cool. Yeah, yeah. Three Good Buds is like, um, seems like a very good cannabis community. Tell us a little bit more kind of about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. So you nailed it. It's we've built this company as a community first. It was to provide a space for people to look. It, it, all of us have been sort of isolated for over the past few years, right? Things changed. Let's just be honest. It's not um, any secret. And we also have a lot of um, not so much outgoing people, um, we, introverted folks, right? right? Introverted people need to have a space to connect with people in ways that sometimes are more comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. So really the company came about back in May of this year because May is mental, May is mental health month. And we thought, I thought of the saying, you know, sesh with friends, it's important because I was checking up on some of my friends I was talking to a couple of friends that were going through some hard times and it all kind of coincided. And I was like, you know, I need to, I need to go see my friends. I need to go check up on my friends and seshing with my friends. It's important. Kind of, kind of came about. So we created three good buds because the, the three of us got on the initial platform together to smoke. So we were smoking <laughs> together. We were creating a small community. It was just three of us session together he's in one of them's in arizona the other one's in in virginia and i'm in atlanta georgia so we connected that way 
and we were like, well, why don't we just do this? And we created three good buds since then. And it sounds kind of ridiculous since then we've created a community and hold these live sessions where tons of people come on, they smoke with us. We introduce really cool people to them that are doing cool things in the industry. Um, like Kristen Yoder talked about blood for blood. Um, we had David Tran on, talked about what he was doing with Fairchild. We always uh, have, so to really bring value to just your normal average everyday consumer like you and I, or a person in the industry, excuse me, that might be looking for a job or something new to do, trying to grow their network or connections or whatever. We always have special guests. That list will always contain um, recruiters. Because recruiters, having a recruiter that you can see face-to-face while you're smoking and you're comfortable, right? <laughs> it breaks down barriers. Yeah. It, it breaks down those barriers totally. that, that a lot of us, when we're looking for work or we're looking for someone to help us find work or our next gig or whatever, when you see that person on the other side of your screen and everybody around them is fucking smoking and we're talking cannabis and it creates this comfort level for a job seeker that just doesn't exist anywhere else. And I thought, dude, that is so fucking important. Let's continue to do that. So we continued to do that. As it evolved, we've created a community where people are very uplifting, trusting, and helpful and supportive of each other. We have a channel. We have a couple of channels on Telegram where people come in, we share videos, photos, talk back and forth, tell everybody good morning, say what's up. Um, we have a job channel on Telegram as well, where we share jobs pretty much every single day. So people have joined that Telegram channel so they can see all sorts of jobs from all kinds of, of, of different companies within the industry. And it's us kind of stealing as much as we can from online and posting it in one place and being like, here you go, check this fucking job out. You're yeah. in New York. Here's five right here. So doing, trying to help bring some help and bring value to the community. So to the cannabis community. So that's what we did with Three Good Buds. And in doing so, we have now created partners that have brought us in and they are trusting us to help build out um, training SOPs, basically. So we're going into, we've partnered up with a company called Black Thumb. They're out of Australia. Um, they are doing some really cool stuff with their software for both grow and post-production and getting it in a way that is in one place. It can do everything you need, track everything that needs to be tracked. It's really a sort of this one-stop shop for running. Is it from like seed to sale or is it? Bingo. Okay. So it's, it's basically your one-stop shop for everything that your grow and your production, your post-production needs. So they've partnered with us or we partnered with them to be their training arm here in the U.S. Um, There's also another company that's joining them called Weeds. They're in New Mexico, but basically Three Good Buds is going to be doing most of the U.S. And we're going to be training grow and and post-production businesses, companies to use this software so they can improve what it is that they're doing. So it's developed, Three Good Buds is developed because we came in here with the idea to help, period. We just wanted to fucking help. I just wanted to smoke with cool people, connect with cool people, and just talk about cannabis. 
and it's developed into something to where we now get to introduce people to really cool stuff that's going on in the industry, like Bud for Blood, like Fairchild. There's other things that are going on as well. So it's it's been a really cool um, opportunity to build with those two. And it's turning into something much more than I thought I, 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 I thought it would and, and becoming sort of referral partners and actual training arms for companies because we have the understanding of cannabis. Daniel working with Shango, they're a fully integrated. He's in that facility all day long, understands its needs, where it, it, it has its pain points and, and having him sort of being able to plug in the software and completely understand how it can help is everything. So, you know, we're, we're going to be able to make a big difference in this industry by helping with that portion, um, with yeah. some technology and software portions. Um, so we're pretty excited to do that, man. That's oh, way cool. That's so how cool. often do you do the three good buds, uh, smoke sessions once a month? We did one. So our last one was at MJ biz. It was, relatively huge <laughs> yeah <Cool. laughs> yeah it was actually really cool we had a ton of people show up um it ended up being all over linkedin and all over social media and and it was a really big kind of like family get together to be honest with you guys i just realized it's four o'clock and i have a hard stop you're good man you're good we um is there anywhere that you need or anywhere people can find your stuff anywhere that you want yeah. to plug real fast. Yeah, absolutely. So of course, Dustin Hawksworth on LinkedIn, Fat Nugs Magazine on LinkedIn, fatnugsmag.com is our website. Instagram is, is fat underscore uh, nugs underscore uh, mag. So yeah, Instagram. And that'll LinkedIn. all be in the show notes. Awesome. Definitely appreciate awesome. it. That's pretty much, that's pretty much everywhere. And I'm, I try to make myself available to as many people as possible. So feel free to, to reach out. You can always DM me on LinkedIn. I'm, I kind of live there at times. So um, yeah, I, I love to connect with folks. So if anybody wants to connect, I'm always open. Yeah, badass. Thank you so much, Dustin, for joining us. Everybody again, you'll get all the show notes over there. Brother, thank you for doing what you're doing. Appreciate your time. Oh yeah. Amen. Thank you guys. Y'all have a care. great afternoon. Talk you soon. as well.